Hello and welcome to the Dr. Squeeze Show. And welcome, I guess, to a new era of the Dr. Squeeze Show. I'm across Dr. Squeeze and this is my show. Now, what you're going to get now and from now on, on this podcast, is highlights from my radio show. So instead of doing the interview separately, which I have got some interviews in the can, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to have the kind of highlights from the segments on my radio show which include things like uh, like the big question of the week, talking about the tunes which I love, which I play on the radio show. Unfortunately, we can't share most of the tunes because of rights reasons. This week, we have actually got a couple of tunes from my friend Matt Lees, which uh, I've got permission to kind of share because I interviewed him as part of this show. But uh, we're going to start doing it so that I will sometimes pre-record the interviews. They're all going to go out live on the radio show at their first airing, if you will. Sometimes I might host them live on a video, but uh, when they go out in the audio form, it's going to first of all be on the radio show. I pardon, I will say pardon for the noise in the background. Benny, I'm recording an intro to the podcast here. Come on, man. So he's just playing with his bone in the background there. And that is an euthanism. But yeah, basically, if because I am doing a radio show now, from 9 to 11 on a Thursday on the Live, and you can check it out each week there or on the app. It's kind of, I basically just don't have time to do a separate product, if you will, for the podcast. So uh, any interviews I've already got recorded are going to be going out on the radio show. Any which I do in the future will be going out on the radio show. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this is probably the last intro I'm going to do as well, because really, now I've got the radio show, I've got a space to kind of like uh, speak a bit more and talk a bit more about what's happening in the show. So, you know, the intro's kind of redundant because that's where I did that kind of business before. But uh, if it ain't on the radio show, it ain't going out from now on. Uh, unfortunately, we did lose the first radio show. Uh, it would have been nice to have because it was my first ever live radio that I've done. However, the first show wasn't that great. Look, let's face it. The first show, you're working out bugs. And there were a few things like, you know, we had trouble with the technology for the caller coming in for my um, for my guest. And we we just worked out a few bugs for the second show. Is it perfect? No. Look, I am still finding my feet. There is a wonderful moment in this where uh, me and Matt end up speaking over the, uh, the song which we're playing of his. Uh, and just shit like that happens. But hopefully as we go on, we will get more professional, more polished. There's even a moment in this where I go, there's like a random noise which I make, which I've never made before because I kind of lose track of what I'm saying. But um, I think this week's was better than last week's. Next week's will be better still. So this is going out as we speak on Tuesday, the 1st of December. Two days time, I'm going to have another Dr. Squee radio show uh, up on the radio and you can hear all the music if you listen to it live. If not, catch it here in podcast form next week. But there we go. Uh, please enjoy this week's Dr. Squee show with my guests, Matt Lees and James King from the Retrek podcast. Welcome to the show with your friend and mine. So tell me, Dr. Squee, who's it going to be this time? We like to hear you talk and we love to hear Hello and welcome to the Dr. Squeeze Show. 
I am Dog Sweet and this is my show. Week two on the radio. Thank you very much if you're joining us for the first time. If you've joined us last week as well as this week, a special thank you. We've got loads of great chat, interviews, music, all sorts of stuff waiting for you. Now, last week we had Colm Sanson Regan as our guest. And I realised after I interviewed him, I went back uh, and found the original interview I did with him for my previous podcast, Gallifrey Stands. And it turns out it was exactly six years to the day that that interview was released when I interviewed him again for the Dog the Squee show on the radio here. So what we're asking this week as our big question of the week is what's the biggest coincidence that ever happened to you? So it can be anything. Uh, but before we get too far, we've got two guests this week. I've decided to kind of split it up a bit. So we're going to kick off the show by talking to my friend and yours, Mr. Matt Lees. How are you doing, Matt? Very well, Squee, and how are you? Very well. So for anyone who doesn't know, Matt is a DJ, musician, he's a podcaster, an all-rounder. That's a great description. Yeah, I do all of those things. You do indeed. Very well. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, not only your music, but also the toy drive, which you're doing, especially for Christmas, in just a minute. But first of all, let's hear one of your tunes. So we're going to kick it off with uh, Hostile You by the Matt Lee's Band. All right.
and that was Hostile You by the Matt Lees Band, and I'm here talking with Mr. Matt Lees. Well, thank you very much, and thanks for playing the tunes. And, uh, yeah, we have been assured that you could hear us talking over that. I'm really sorry, guys. Look, it's my second week on the radio. I have no idea what I'm doing with the setup. I've got an awful, uh, like, feedback in my ears. Uh, but it's okay, man. Look, we're just here to It's going fun. really well. It's going really well so far, isn't it, Squee? The good job is I can fucking swear because I need to at this rate. Whoa, whoa, you just cursed. I know. My heart, rate, my heart rate increased. You're allowed to curse? Did, did you want to say fuck? No, I don't. I'm a good boy now. I'm just but like the legit, my heart rate changed when you cursed because I was like, oh, he said a dirty word. <laughs> I've changed. I've changed. It is worth saying, look, we're going to be obliquely referencing that uh, if you want to maybe find out about some other projects that Matt does that may be conflict with the job I am currently doing, please check out Matt Lees on social media, yep. at Facebook, and uh, is it just Matt Lees on Twitter? Twitter and Instagram is Matt Hitman Lees, uh, and you can see all manner of things that I get up to. Uh, but I definitely don't curse like Dr. Squee here. Your, your fucking problem. That's all I'm going to uh, say. I guess, I guess you're fucking right. Oh, that felt good. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Ah, uh, yeah, it's good, it's good. <laughs> Other than swearing, though, we do have some other things to talk about. So, sir, that is from your album, Two Sides to a Hero, which was a mere 10 years in the making. Why so soon? Uh, two Sides to Every Hero. Uh, and Christ. it took us... It's like a fine wine, man. You know? Um, the long and the short of it is, it was a labor of love for me and a bunch of musician friends. Uh, and, and when you have life and other things happening, sometimes these projects, as much as you love them get pushed to the back you know they get pushed to the back burner uh over and over again and it just gets easier and easier to, to, to not do it and then it just became a massive regret for me and i woke up one day and i was deeply regretful that we may never finish the album i got in touch with wayne the drummer the producer luckily he felt the same we were on the same page he also regretted that we never finished so we agreed to finish it was a hard road uh, but about six months later, we were completely done with the album. I've never been more proud or terrified of anything in my life. I'm super glad it's available, though, because now, no matter what happens, no one can ever tell me that we didn't finish it and we didn't release it. I mean, it's been through, obviously, over 10 years that that music's been through quite a journey. So what did you have 10 years ago and what's kind of come along the way of the album that we hear now? Well... It's, it's funny because when I wrote the album and the songs and I thought about the album originally, I was a kid. Uh, you know, I know it's 10 years, but so mathematically maybe I wasn't, but you know what I mean when I say that I was a kid, right? Like, uh, and I had this concept in mind of the two sides to every hero, which is essentially a dark side and a light side, you know, the good and the bad, which is the heavy and the light of the music. Um, but... I think the songs mean a lot more to me now as looking back on it because I've lived a lot more and then I'm dipping back into these songs that I wrote 10 years ago when I was a kid who knew nothing. So it's interesting to go back and hear some of the songs. I think I am different now than the person who wrote those songs. I think, pardon me, some of them are a lot more egotistical than I would write today. I think. I'd like to hope. Um, but it's it's just a, it's a, such... I'm so proud of the musicians that worked with me who helped me finish it. I'm so proud of these songs, even though it took us basically a year to do each one, you know, if you, if you add it all up. But I'm just so glad it's out there, man, so that people can, no matter what now, people can go out there and find it. No matter what happens to any of us in the band, these songs will now live on forever. 
Now, uh, Nicola has said to me, apparently I sound a little like an uh, an advert machine last week for All My Friends Project, but obviously we got you here in person, so it would be criminal if I didn't say you can download, stream, or anything else that album uh, at your leisure anywhere you get your music. That's right. Yeah, whatever the, whatever the music streaming service is, it is on there, and it's called Two Sides to Every Hero, uh, and we'd love for you to listen to it. Now, one of the things which we bonded over, because uh, we've known each other for a hot minute by now, is our love of music and love of blues. Uh, like, I love that kind of bluesy influence you've got to a lot of your tunes. Uh, is that something you've listened to throughout your life? Absolutely, always. Uh, and if I'm honest, it's something that as a musician, uh, as far as playing the instrument, I wasn't, I'm not good enough to play the blues. And I wouldn't have admitted that many years ago, but I'm okay admitting that because it's a very tough genre, the blues. Uh, so I always had the blues in me, but you kind of like... You, it's kind of like if you want to make a movie with your friends, you need some of your friends to be terrific actors. Uh, and, and for the blues specifically, you needed I needed to be able to collaborate with tremendous blues musicians. And luckily, I was able to do that. So I was able to take these blues songs in my head and turn them into a reality with these terrific musicians. But it's a love of Downchild Blues Band and Stevie Ray Vaughan. And, you know, for me, that was always the music I heard where I was like, wow, I want to be able to do that, man. You know, I loved lots of music and heard that many times in my head. But the blues, when I hear an amazing blues guitarist, that's really the, the pipe dream for me. That's really what I what I would have loved to have been. And it takes a lot more time and dedication that I gave to it. But, you know, um, that's that's really been it for me is that blues, you know. I mean, yeah, I, I love the fact that you and I are both fans of the Blues Brothers. And it's that moment when you know you've watched the blues brothers loads of time growing up it was always on tv when you know we were kids then you realize that the musicians who were on the classic blues albums you know where they got those songs from are a lot of the same musicians they actually gather together a lot oh, of the yeah. original musicians and if not if not the same writers in many cases you know um and the blues brothers band like from that original movie soundtrack that's a band like, yes, it's a movie soundtrack, but goddamn if that isn't an incredible band. I think Dan Aykroyd said it was the second greatest blues rhythm and blues review in the world. You know, just unbelievable musicians. That, as you were saying, you get older and you realize it's not just a movie soundtrack with a bunch of dudes in it. It's actually these phenomenal musicians who were at the, you know, at the forefront of their, their genre that also came together to make this movie. You know, I mean, Dan Aykroyd still plays blues with blues bands today. Yep. He's a tremendous harmonica player, and he still plays it today. One of my favourite things was the fact that Sam and Dave originally did Soul Man, which was covered by the Blues Brothers, and during both versions they go, play it, Steve, and I thought, oh, that's funny, they've kind of copied that thing. It's the same Steve. Of course it is, yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> incredible. And the other thing which we were going to talk about, of course, was your toy drive. Now, this is an amazing thing you're doing to help disadvantaged children at Christmas. It's something that's important to me. It's something that when I was in Canada working at various radio stations, it was kind of a constant. No matter what station I switched to, we did a toy drive. And I can remember some of my, some of my, I guess, even though I was doing something decent, I was enjoying it. So maybe it's partially selfish, but some of my favorite memories of the radio station is getting in the, 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 the station's SUV, driving to local businesses and things, and just filling up this truck with toys. And then taking them to a local charity, you know. So that's what we're doing here is the toy drive. It's as simple as it sounds, you know. I'm collecting brand new unopened toys for kids of all ages. Uh, and then on December 18th, I'm delivering them to Noah's Ark Charity here in Cardiff. The Noah's Ark Hospital Charity. Uh, because, you know, 2020 sucks. You know, I'll be the one to say yeah. it. I'm sure everyone's thinking it. 2020 sucks. But for some people, every year sucks. 
okay i'm being dramatic maybe but you know so we just want to try to help and do a little bit something special christmas isn't about gifts and being spoiled but every kid should get a gift for christmas is the is the tagline of the of the event but it's also how i feel uh so we're just trying to give back and you know we're not expecting people to donate games consoles and flat screen tvs you know it can be anything from play-doh and crayons to coloring books to action figures to board games brand new and unopened uh and we're just taking that towards the charity there and then they're gonna they go ahead and they dish that out amongst all their patients and these kids at these charities so they're doing incredible work and we're just going to try to bring a little bit of magic back it's a cheesy tagline but it works because it's true oh yeah and drop the email address where they can write to to help out with the toy drive yeah so it's mitm so mike indigo tango mike toy drive at gmail.com mitm toy drive at gmail.com uh there's all kinds of way to help so i've got people doing like click and collect from various stores in my town here they're creating orders they're sending me the order number i can go to a local store and pick it up you know there's many stores that you can do that sort of thing at uh people are using their amazon accounts and sending things to me uh so there's lots of ways send me an email we can work it out if you're local to me as i've already done a few times i'll come to you and collect as well of course all lockdown social distancing rules will be followed but yeah we can arrange a safe way for me to come to you uh there are also people who are hubs so we've got a good friend here who's collecting from his friends and family and then at some point before our december 16th deadline i could visit those people and collect a bunch more toys as well kind of saves me visiting various bubbles if you already have a bubble who wants to donate you collect it for me send me an email and i can come get it but it's mitm toy drive at gmail.com we've had great reactions so far i still want more I'm being selfish and greedy here. I really want to fill my car, and I want to overwhelm these people when we deliver to Noah's Ark. That's fantastic. And look, I know you would never plug this, but I know something which you're doing, which I found greatly easy to, you know, an easy way to give to charity, and it just took the hassle away from me. You have your own toy company, which is on eBay, which I know you'd be very quick to point out you are not making a penny from this toy drive. However, what I did was I just contacted matt i said like what have you got for a tenner and you sorted out and that goes straight into the toy drive you didn't take a penny profit but it goes towards the kids and i didn't have to do a thing apart from send you some money so exactly easy. yeah so yeah thanks for mentioning it you know it's all, as i say uh, as you stress there it's not a it's not a for-profit thing in my point of view but yes i do sell toys you can check the page if there's something there you want to donate to the toy drive give me a message I'm going to obviously don't buy it on eBay in that case because I'm going to bring the price way down to our cost, meaning you'll pay what I paid and then we can simply take that item like Squee did and we can donate directly to the toy drive. But again, not as a profit for me. Get in touch with me. We'll arrange exactly what it costs me so that you can just donate it to the toy drive because that's what's important. And of course, at the end here, we're going to take a bunch of our own stock and throw it in the toy drive as well, you know, so just something we're trying to do. Uh, and it's relatively easy, you know. And I'd like to just stress how separate this is. But look, if you happen to be at Matt's toy room on eBay and you've given your, your toy and you've done that separately and you made sure that all that money goes straight to the kids because that's where it goes, you might want to pick something up for yourself or your loved one for Christmas. You know, it's, it's got some cool shit there. You never know. Some would say support independent businesses. So there you are. Definitely. And look, you mentioned the DJing before. So you were DJing over Canada. I should say for anyone who's not familiar with Matt, that he's Welsh Canadian. So he's there in the valleys right now. But he, he sort of, you sort of come from Wales, sort of come from Canada, depending on which football team or whatever, you know, or sporting team you're supporting on the TV. Depending the on which argument I'm trying to win. Yeah. yeah so there you go. I was born in Wales, but I grew up in Canada and then moved back to Wales in my adulthood. So I am a Welsh Canadian. Yes. Uh, podcaster, musician, DJ, as you said. 
but I've been DJing much like you're doing now, like lo even longer than I've been a musician. I was a DJ even when I still dreamt of being a musician. So it was always my first passion was to be on the, on the radio. You're listening to Dr. Squee, you know, that sort of thing. So uh, it's a pleasure to hear my friend doing it and to be able to join you on the air. Uh, and of course, with this digital era, you get to do lots of different projects and you get to stretch your legs in lots of different ways. So well, it's interesting. As someone who's been doing this for a number of years, like tell us about the earlier days for you on the radio. And if you want to make me feel better, tell us about your fails and like if they could be worse than kind of some of the ones I've done over the last couple of weeks, it would be awesome. Oh, I've had I've had tons like. What's more, I can give you one that, like, because we can curse on here, it involves cursing. It was one of my first times. It was actually the first time in a professional broadcasting uh, setting. Not the last, mind you. The first time where I was like, oh, I'm getting fired today. Like, you know, that was, I was like, this is it. I'm getting fired today. I'm going to have to explain to everybody that I got fired from my dream job. So I was only a few months in at this station. We did a live charity event. It was a Christmas time, actually. And one of our morning show hosts... Uh, decided to lock himself in a coffin in the middle of a shopping mall and he was in there for like three days or whatever it was right and we're raising money for it and all this sort of stuff it might not have been three days my loyal listeners and friends will know i'm not really good with numbers but he's in this coffin for a long time okay uh and we're doing the big reveal and everybody from the station's going down to the, the mall to do the big all let them let him out of the box everyone's going to cheer and clap you know uh and somebody had to stay behind at the station i'm the newest guy there so i already know i'm gonna have to stay behind but it, gets, it means I get to operate the board and press buttons and show off and show the bosses that, hey, man, I can do this, you know. Uh, so they start doing their whole reveal. Uh, and I, I have a, a button that I'm pressing. You're really good at mixing up buttons, I think. Yeah. I have a button that I can press that allows me to talk to the producer at the mall and only him. So when I press this button, as far as I'm aware, I'm only speaking to one person. I think you can see where the story's going. Yeah. So they do the whole reveal. Uh, and as uh, as the two guys, it's Ben and Daryl were the hosts. As Ben or Daryl pulls the other guy out of the coffin, and there's people cheering and <laughs> laughing, they're speaking to each other, and they're both cursing up a storm. And they're both saying to each other, I fucking love you, man. No, I fucking love you, man. I fucking love you, man. And that's on air, right? So I'm sitting there going, <gasps> so I mute it, and I hit the button to think I'm speaking now to my producer on the live thing, and I say, hey, man, tell those guys to watch their fucking mouths, will you? And every moment of that was broadcast live and was my first voice solo appearance on that station. Nice. And uh, the mm -hmm. other the other great story I know you've got is as a lifelong wrestling fan, you actually got to be a wrestling uh, ref, if that's a correct term, at one stage. A referee and a ring announcer and some of the most fun I've ever had in my life, to tell you the truth. <clears throat> Pardon me. What a wild, wild time that is. And I believe they had a little bit of fun at your expense when you did that, first of all. Yeah, well, you know, because my buddies were the, the bookers, the wrestlers, and it started where I show, the ring announcer didn't show up, so I had to ring announce. And then a few weeks later, the referee didn't show up. Uh, and we all know, ladies and gentlemen, I don't need a private message later, we all know professional wrestling is a choreographed product, okay? So the referee's a big part of that. So one day I show up, there's no referee, and he's looking at me, my buddy, and he says, I'm going to need you to referee. And I said... I don't want a referee. Like, you might as well tell me to play the cello. What do you mean you want me to referee? So he says, I'll guide you through it. Don't worry about it. I'm like, all right, man, I'll trust him. I don't know why I'm trusting him. I always trust this guy. He then says, all right, I'll get you a shirt. There's just one problem. I've only got a medium. This is the size of the referee shirt. You know, the black and white stripes. 
it's not very you know it's not going to make you look nice anyway okay he gives me a medium uh, i'm a lot of things squee but i'm not a medium-sized shirt <laughs> so it was tight uh you could see my belly button uh, and I did this whole event, never having ever done this before. I refereed three matches in this shirt, way too small. I remember after the event, after the main event, by the way, where in which I rewarded the title to the wrong guy, um, I go to the back, uh, and nonchalantly, my buddy Eddie decides to show me his bag, where we had referee shirts in multiple sizes, despite telling me he only had the one size. But I hate you look shredded in it. <laughs> shredded is a word i suppose it's not a one i would use in this scenario but it is most certainly a word okay matt we're gonna hire another one of your tunes ghost in you in just a second but while we're here listening to the song please think of the biggest coincidence that's ever happened to you and if you're listening at home please do write in at uh at dr squee on twitter or instagram and uh the dr squee show facebook page you see i'm so professional i remember all the places where you can find me and uh Dr. Squee at the bear dot live. I think that's everywhere. Anyway, look, just just send out a carrier pigeon if you need to. But here is Matt Lee, the Matt Lee's band with Ghost in You. You're listening to the bear. Come a little closer I swear there is nothing wrong with me I'm just a little homesick A man who is missing his family So may I introduce you I'm a jump-started, broken-hearted storyteller I have nothing for you I'm a handwritten in a digital age You don't have to say it's beautiful Or say anything at all You don't have to say it's beautiful Just leave it to the melody But the ghost in you Haunts me when I'm sleeping late at night The ghost in you Daunting every single word I write So can I come a little closer See I'm almost sure There's not much wrong with me I'm just a little crazy A man who is missing his fantasy I'm screaming and I'm screaming I try and I try but I can't make a sound Hold a little tighter Cause this could be the moment it all breaks down again You don't have to say it's beautiful Say anything at all You don't have to say it's beautiful Just leave it to the melody The ghost in you Haunts me when I'm sleeping late 
I'm so sorry, guys. I I thought we were going so well then. I did a smooth outro to that, and then I realised I still had the thing muted. This is going so well so far. It's going great. But that was the Matt Lees band with Ghost in You, and I'm of course here with Mr. Matt Lees. <laughs> yes, you are. Thank you. And again, that's the that's the song that almost broke the band up and almost put the album back into obscurity. But I'm glad that it's done, and I love that song. Really? How did that happen? Well. You know, the whole album, I mean, I wrote all the tunes, but the album's extremely collaborative. Uh, and the main, the Matt Lees band is interchangeable, right? Like, it's that's why I name it that way, because people swap in and out. But the main Matt Lees band is three people. Uh, and those three people were working on that final song. Ghost in You was the last thing we were working on. Two people wanted it to go in one direction, and one person extremely wanted it to go in a different direction, which would have completely changed the sound. We could not agree. We could not decide on the thing, and we had made a pact that if we were going to finish the album, all three of us got creative control. All three of us got to say yay or nay, right? So when one of us didn't agree, we just at one point had to stop because we didn't think we were going to be able to come to an agreement. And eventually, gladly, we agreed to just let this song tell us what to do. It sounds weird, maybe. But for anyone creative, you'll find there's a part, a part yeah. where, a point where the story tells you where it's going now, or the song, or the poem, or the script takes over. You'll know this. You're a writer. You'll yeah. sometimes you'll be writing a story, and there'll come a point of the story where the story goes, no, 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 this is how the story goes now, and it kind of tells you. And I think Ghost in You is a perfect example for us, where the song kind of told us where to go with it, and that kind of settled our little, our little debacle, which was, you know, for a point there, like it was a couple of weeks where I was like, we're not going to finish this album again, and I told people we're going to finish it. <laughs> yeah, I remember at the stage you were messaging me, you were like nine songs in out of ten, and you were going, I, I think it's going to implode again. I think it's good. Yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's over. Done. I think we're done. <laughs> it is so maddening if you are creative and you plan everything out and then you go to write it whatever it is as you say song poem uh like in my case a short story and just it goes in completely the opposite direction you're going no no story we're, we're going this direction it goes no no we're going over here and you've just got to go with it yeah absolutely and luckily it came out great it doesn't always work out that way um uh, but this one you know, once we all listened to it, you know, uh, just to do what was right for the song, then we all agreed on the right path. And then we finished it, like, after all that time, I think we finished it within, like, a day and a half, you know? It's incredible how it takes forever, but then once you set your mind to it, uh, it just, you just you finish it off, you know? Um, yeah, so it's just a, it's a great process. I love doing it. It was a nightmare. Don't get me wrong. This process was a nightmare, but I loved it. We're already in pre, uh, pre-production and discussions for our second album, which before you make it, I'll make it, is going to come out in 2030. Well, yeah, yeah, I was going to go there. Let's face it. Of course you were. But of course before, you were. Before we let you go, sir, because I know you've stayed up past your bedtime for this one. <laughs> Frankly, I'm disgusted. You made me stay up until it's dark out and cold out and, and unbelievable. But anyway, please carry on. I was just going to say... Uh, we had a, uh, a, 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 we've got an answer to our big question from Michelle. 
And she said that uh, the biggest coincidence that ever happened to her, she is one of our fantastic NHS nurses and a friend of mine, so big salute to Michelle. She went to wheel a, uh, a patient onto a ward, and when she got there, they were stationed right next to the bed of her next-door neighbour. Well, so that's a coincidence. Yeah, that's a weird coincidence. So how about you, Matt? You got any uh, funny coincidences for us? I do have some. Uh, I thought of this one. This is the one that really came to me. So I went to visit many years ago. I went to visit friends in Iowa. So from where I lived at the time, this is a 13-hour drive, okay? And Iowa, much like the United States, is huge. So in my ignorance, I have friends that live in different parts of Iowa. One of them's Joe. The other one's Weller. So I said to Weller, hey, man, when I'm in Iowa, we should go see Joe. And he's like, yeah, that's nice, Lise, but Joe's like a four-and-a-half-hour drive away from here, even though they're in the same state, mind you. Uh, so we figure, oh, it's too far away. We're not going to get to see him. So Weller then said, tell you what, on Friday, I'm going to take you to the Iowa State Fair, which is this huge event. Uh, so when I'm chatting with Joe later, I said, he said, oh, what's your week like? I was like, oh, we're just going to be traveling around doing different things. Uh, we're doing the Iowa State Fair on Friday. And he sends me back in all capitals, we are going to the Iowa State Fair on Friday. Sends me a picture of his tickets that were booked for that Friday, the same day that we had booked. So through the grace of the Lord, we got to actually meet up. Uh, with a man who's now been my friend for a decade, uh, just randomly because he booked tickets for the Iowa State Fair the same day as us. Is that a cool coincidence? I've actually got another one as well. There was two friends you didn't of mine. Even those sold mine. Mine's pretty cool. No, that was cool. They just reminded oh, me of another cool you're one. Just like I got another one. I said that All was right, cool. Sorry. I also have another cool one. Okay, carry Jeez, on. Jeez, man, it's your show. Thank you for acknowledging that. This is kind of our usual bullshit between us, by the way, everyone. Um, but yeah, I was uh, messaging with a friend of mine who's come over, coming over from uh, America to come to the UK. And we we're actually meeting up in Wales. And uh, I was due to meet up with you. We'd kind of arranged it all. And then another friend of mine who lives in Australia messaged me to say that she was going to be in Wales the same weekend. Whoa, is this, did this happen already? Is this an event I forgot about, or is this something that Oh, this happen? was a few years back, like, and uh, we went to the Doctor Who uh, exhibition as uh, big geeks as we are, and I think I uh, heard you playing live somewhere. You did? I really? think so. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I've been up to Wales quite a few times. Most of the time I see you playing live somewhere. It's true. I mean, you've been in a few gigs now, so it's hard for me to tell the difference, but this whole event you're discussing, I genuinely have no, no recollection of. Oh, you weren't at that event. It's just I went to Wales, oh. and because you lived in Wales, I was Wales, like, we I went to the Doctor Who experience together. When did I forget about this? Oh shit! I should have so so played you on this one. It's like, you yeah, don't have. you remember? Like we you we dropped have, some we dropped some message. You know, it's a wild time. You would have me. <laughs> okay, Matt. Thank you very much for joining us. It's been a blast as always. You're a true great friend. Uh, guys, please check him out on social media. Where the, can they check check you out? Remind them. I'm everywhere. Instagram and Twitter, Matt Hitman Lees. It's Matt Lees on Facebook. Look at Squeeze page. I'm not going to be far from there. Uh, and yeah, you know, it's been a pleasure to join you here on The Bear. I'm proud of our boy Al for getting this thing started. Hell yes. Uh, and I'm proud of you for joining him. Now, I don't know if he knows about The Bear and the whole, like, the reference to the, you know, to, to, the, to the gay community, which I love. You know, it's just funny because he's always calling himself The Bear, you know. Um... It's because uh, I have some friends who are bears, and they don't look like Al. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had made that very self-same joke to him. <laughs> I'm sure you'd have, yes. Because, you know, when I think of bear, I do not think of our boy Al. I think of a handsome bastard when I think of Al, but I wouldn't call him a bear. I mean, yeah, many, many bears are handsome bastards, though. Well, of course they are, indeed. 
<laughs> okay, so look, uh, we're going to like go out with someone who you've interviewed before, actually. This is uh, Biff Naked and Henry. Thanks for joining us, Mr. Matt Lees. As always, Glee, the pleasure was all yours. <laughs> that was Biff Naked with Henry, followed by Green Day Holiday. And that was going out to Michelle, who did write in and give us her coincidence, as well as that tune request. You can do the same. You just need to write to me either on Twitter, at Dr. Squee, on Instagram, uh, the Dr. Squee Show page on Facebook. There's lots of places. Look, just, you know what to do. Come on. Now, I should give a shout out, especially to Michelle. I mentioned that she is one of our NHS nurses, which we're very proud of as always, especially in these hard times. And she's actually been struck, and I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, with the vid. She's got COVID-19, unfortunately, so she's at home recuperating. And I don't mean to overstress this, but she works in colonoscopy. So I'm pretty sure that's arse COVID. Now, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure that's the worst kind you can get. I don't know, though. How's everyone's week been, by the way? I've had a bit of a stressful one, but, you know, I'm getting there. Been preparing for the radio show and still trying to work out the tech issues, as you may have already experienced so far in this show. Uh, But, like, you know, I hope you're doing okay. Hope you're having a good week. Hope you're looking after yourself. We want to kind of promote that here on the Dr. Squeeze show. We've already had the wonderful Matt Lees join us for a bit of a chat. Later on in the show, I'll be playing a pre-recorded interview I did with James King from the Retrek podcast. So uh, we had a good time chatting all things Star Trek, as well as about his fantastic show, which I sometimes guest on. So, yeah, it is a bit of self-publicity. So sue me. But let's get in some more tunes. Let's go over to the Bare Naked Ladies. And this is Get Back Up. Hey, this is Nick Jonas. Turn it up. Now, back to the music. You're about to find your favorite new song exclusively on The Bear. That was Read by Magic. And before that, you heard Get Back Up by the Bare Naked Ladies, a fantastic live band, by the way. Uh, they're doing a special live stream on the 19th, I want to say, of December. If you want to check that out, they're doing a UK version as well as a US one, so you can hear that around the world. I know, nothing to do with me. I'm just plugging them anyway because I love them. Seen them live a couple of times, once with my kid, uh, once with a mate of mine. Amazing live band. So, how is everyone doing? Are you getting ready for Christmas? I've noticed it's in the air more and more now we're heading towards December. Uh, we've had a few Christmas jumper conversations, a few people putting their trees up and things like that. Now, personally, I went online to do a bit of Christmas shopping and we decided to do, as one of our presents for someone, a throw with the dogs on. Because I've got a few kids and kind of they're grown up, so I thought it would be a nice little keepsake of Dotty and Benny, our two dogs. Problem with that is, you download all your favourite dog pictures and all you do for about an hour is go, oh, that one's cute. No, oh, that one's cute. And you end up with a million photos and no blanket ordered. It's just a path to madness is all I'm saying. Now, as I've said earlier, we've got our interview coming up with James King from the Retrek podcast. But before that, let's have a bit more music. This is While We're Young by Huey Lewis and the News. Now, this comes from the album which they released a little while ago, The Weather. Or The Weather? Just Weather, I believe. Unfortunately, due to be the last album, because uh, Huey's uh, got some sort of like inner ear problem. And uh, unless they can find a cure, this is the last music you're going to get from Huey Lewis. And I absolutely love this album. It feels like one of those ones which could have come from any time in Huey Lewis's history. 
but it also feels fresh at the same time. So I love this one because it's sort of like about uh, trying to be young when you're old, which is basically what I'm doing as I career towards 42. But anyway, without further ado, here is Chewy Lewis and the news while we're young. Gregory Porter and Mr. Holner. Before that, you're enjoying While We're Young by Huey Lewis and the News. And yes, there was an unreasonable amount of dad dancing happening to both of those. I'd like to thank Mr. Al Galpin, our station manager, for introducing me to Gregory Porter. Uh, absolutely loving that track. And absolutely loving Huey Lewis's last album, because uh, it's kind of one of those ones, like, Huey Lewis has always been able to do songs which no other artist could do. I can't picture anyone else doing Hip to be Square or, you know, While We're Young there. Just a celebration of the mundanity and of the everyday bits of life, which I absolutely love. So what's been happening with you in your part of the world? I know it's Turkey Day, uh, Thanksgiving for all our American friends, so I hope you're having a wonderful day if you're there. Here in the UK, we've just had the announcement on the tiers which we're all going to be in. Now, when I heard that Southampton, where I am right now in the UK, was going to be in tier two, I thought, cool, we've got a promotion. Nicola, my fiance, explained that isn't a good thing. Apparently, it means more restrictions. So, uh, I look, I know these are difficult times. God knows, I'm here doing a radio show. I'm going to have some wonderful banter and stories to tell you. Nothing happens. You just stay in, you watch TV. It's just, look, I'm very lucky. I've got my fiance, I've got my kids. It's a wonderful time. But uh, when it comes to anecdotes for the radio, it is not your friend to be locked indoors. But that's why I've got some wonderful interviews. And one such interview, see, see, get that segue? Classy. One such interview I did earlier today, and uh, or yesterday even, with Mr. James King from the Retrek podcast, and he's talking all things Star Trek, the state of Star Trek at the moment, toxic fandom, and uh, his podcast, which I sometimes guest appear on, the Retrek podcast. So please enjoy this interview with Mr. James King. Let's hear his theme tune first, though. Space, final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Okay, I'm now here with my buddy, uh, James King from the Retrek podcast. James, how are you doing? I'm not doing too bad, all things considered, with the the ongoing fun we're having in the world. But, but yeah, me, I'm not too bad. So is, is there something happening in the world? I think I might have missed the news for the last like half a year or so. I don't know. I just keep hearing whispers and whatnot, but I, I'm just keeping my head down, getting on with it. So, James, look, we're here to talk, of course, about the Retrek podcast and all things Star Trek. So just it, to begin with, I'm going to do that thing they do in radio when they know the answer and they pretend they don't. So you can tell the audience. But um, how did the Retrek podcast begin? Well, it's a funny story, actually, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised you don't know, because um, obviously you were not involved in any way, but... Um, not at all. Yeah, so you were doing um, a 24-hour podcast this time, so I know you've just done a, a 24-hour video podcast, but this, this was just audio, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, it was a, a couple of years ago. Was it Dogs for Good? Yeah, uh, so it was the um, Squee Fest, which is uh, an event I've done twice. Like, I, I'm I'm just going to enter the narrative now. So <laughs> I've done this thing twice of doing a 24-hour podcast for charity. First time was for Dogs for Good, a, a fantastic uh, dogs charity, which uh, helps disabled people and um, 
people you know who work with dogs and uh, getting the dogs trained and all those wonderful things that they do please do look them out and uh and support them but uh yeah so so i was looking for shows and i i kind of uh, reached out to you yeah because we'd we'd met at a sci-fi convention and we'd done a, a panel together i think it was a marvel marvel versus dc panel sounds right uh, which was good fun and yeah you you have you were under the impression i had an active podcast at the time which i didn't um i had i had had one that had, uh for various reasons uh was on hold but so we came up with this idea of uh okay we'll do a, a two-hour thing about star trek and your idea was we'll talk about all 13 movies in in two hours yeah i and didn't it, see the problem with that it, no 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 and I, I don't think there was one except for time uh, so as it happened we got through about four of them and which made for a nice two-hour podcast and we thought you know what let's let's cover the rest of them and so we filled out we did the rest of the movies and from there we just kind of ran with it and decided to do a an ongoing star trek podcast and by the time we'd finished the movies discovery season two had started so we we went over into that and it's um Obviously, there were other people involved, uh, yourself and your partner, Nicola, and my stepbrother, Elliot, who is my co-host on the show. And you guys, because you, you guys have got loads of things on what with this show and whatnot, you guys um, sort of went away for a little while, but you do come back. And uh, like currently, you're doing the full season of Discovery with us. So it's been me and Elliot for the most part, but you and Nicola come back when you want to talk about an episode or basically whenever we can manage it. And yeah. we've had other people come on in and we tried to do, tried to involve lots of other people during lockdown, lockdown one. Um, we tried to get other people involved. So we had like Angela come in for a few episodes and Vicky. And so, yeah, we just wanted to kind of give people a place to talk about Star Trek and, I think I think we've done that. We're, and the thing with Star Trek now is, it, when we started this, there was Discovery in production, and that was it. Whereas this year we've had a season of Picard, we've had a season of Lower Decks, we've had a season, or we're having a season of Discovery. So there's always plenty to talk about. And then if we ever run out of new episodes, there's seven hundred odd previous ones to go back to. So there's a lot of mileage talking about star trek so it's I mean, been think, really good fun i think for me it's just been such a pleasure over the last two years to see how you've grown the podcast as well like it was a fun thing to do as part of the uh 24-hour podcast lineup and I, I kind of joke about the uh trying to fit all the movies into two hours but i sort of purposely gave us more than we could fit into two hours knowing that we could yeah. have two hours of um good audio there but uh, you've also done some radio in the past am i correct in saying yeah, I did. Um, again, this is on on hold at the moment for reasons that will be quite obvious. But uh, myself and a friend of mine do. It's a local radio station to Leeds, uh, East Leeds FM, and we did a, a film show called the Untitled Film Show uh, because we had to submit an idea for a show and we hadn't thought of a title yet, so we just put down Untitled Film Show and we kind of ran with that. Um, so we've been doing that several years now, but um, again, uh, because of various things going on in the world, there's no films coming out, so it's very difficult to do a, a film show on the radio when there's um, not a lot to talk about. And 
aside from that, the uh, the location where we would go to record it, which was, you know, we'd just go on a Friday after work and record this film show for a couple of hours, Not obviously not being able to do that. So the untitled film show's on hold for the moment. Um, but, I mean, next year, hopefully, fingers crossed, will be a bumper year for it because all the... All the films that didn't get released this year will get released. Plus, we'll have all the films that were meant to come out next year. And so, yeah, so looking forward to resuming that. But, um, yeah, sadly, sadly on hold at the moment. But it's it's um, getting back to Retrek again. It's been just such a pleasure to see how you guys have grown it. It's one of those things whereby... I just suddenly realized I was just doing all the podcasts under the sun and uh, trying to do just a million things at once. So I needed to simplify a bit. And it was just so great to see you and Elliot really, uh, like you were already kind of the lead of the podcast, but I knew I've got a very bad habit being someone who has a number of podcasts of maybe being a powerful ingredient. So like I, I wanted to really like let you run with it. And and you've just such, done such a great job. Uh, what, what for you has been... <laughs> something you've kind of discovered along the way of the show? Yeah, I think it's just been a, a case of feeling it out and seeing what we're, what we're comfortable with. Like my, my instinct is always to overanalyze things because, um, uh, you know, I studied English film and TV at university and I'm used to kind of writing essays and analyzing film and TV and media and all of this stuff. So I think my instinct, when we first started off doing the early episodes, I was making notes on the episodes. I was writing down nearly every single thing that happened in them. And I think some of the early episodes, if I went back and listened to them now, they would be maybe a bit too mechanical, like I'm almost covering the entire plot and it's not leaving enough time for for it to kind of breathe. And I think that's developed a lot. Like, I think I'm better now at making a frame for us to talk about the episode and letting it go off on tangents a little bit. And, you know, if we forget to mention a tiny little scene in the turbo lift, you know, it doesn't matter. We've found other things to talk about. So I think that's developed a lot. And I think, um, like, uh, obviously Elliot's my, my, my brother. We, so we've known each other. I mean, he's technically my stepbrother, so, you know, we haven't known each other all our lives, but a, a significant portion of our lives. And we've probably talked about Star Trek, I would say, almost every week, you know, for that time that we've known each other. Uh, but the difference is doing it where you're talking and other people are listening to it. So I think we've found a good balance now and we, we've built that sort of chemistry in how we bounce ideas off each other and everything. So... I think we've, I think we've got better at podcasting as we've gone along, and I'm a bit less stressy about it now. You know, I was very much before like we must talk about this, 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 and this, and I'm much happier to kind of let that go a little bit now. And you know, we can always pick up on ideas later on if we don't cover something. So yeah, I think I think I'm a bit more relaxed into it, and also I think we're a bit more confident with it now as well. So we've been doing it, well, all I would say we've been doing it two years, but we we had a little bit of a break. Um, so yeah, we I think we're much more comfortable in it, and I I hope that comes across when people listen to it now. 
I think there's definitely something very exciting about the idea of like I, I think two hosts on a regular basis is a really really good kind of number then you can have like loads of guests on and it doesn't feel overcrowded and it's still a pleasure for me and nicola to come on and visit and uh like we're doing the discovery series uh we're yeah. doing like a weekly updates on that and i've been joining you for all those and nicola popping in so that's kind of been really nice to do but it's as you say i think it's just lovely to let a show like that breathe a lot more uh for yourself though on the on the star trek of it all what's mm-hmm. your favorite era what are your favorite characters <laughs> tell us about your favorite star trek Oh, you see, that's difficult, isn't it? I mean, my favourite's Deep Space Nine and for lots of reasons. I mean, I think it was the one... I was thinking about this the other day and it's like I've I've always had Star Trek in my life to some extent. Like, when I was a kid growing up, we had... My dad used to tape everything off telly, so we had uh, the movies... Uh, the ones that were out at that time. So we always had Star Trek 2 on VHS. I don't ever remember not having that. And so I would have seen that several times in 3, 4. I remember when we first went to America, to Disneyland, they used to have these little pay-per-view boxes on tops of the tellies in the hotels. And we watched Star Trek 5 then. And then we must have gone back a couple of years later. So I remember watching Star Trek 6. So I'd always seen the films, but I wouldn't have thought of myself as a, a Trekkie. Um, but then I really got into the original series. I was um, I was off school ill. I think I had the flu, and Sky TV had just started repeating the original series. And my dad said, "I want you to tape all these." And so, because I was just ligging about on the sofa, I saw them when they were on. They were on about eight in the morning, and so I watched the first five episodes that week. So I was off school for a week, and that was when I really became obsessed with it. And at that time. TNG was sort of, I think it was up to about season five, six. So, and DS9 was just starting. So I think because when I really got into Star Trek, DS9 was the newest one and it was the one that I followed right from the start all the way through. I think that one became my favourite. And also, the, looking back more objectively now, I do think it's the best one. Like, it had... It did so much more in terms of doing serialised stories rather than standalone stories, which we take for granted serialisation in TV now. Yeah. Because, you know, everything's serialised. But back then it was a, it was quite a risk for a, a syndicated TV show. So the, the whole idea of syndication is that you do a million episodes. I mean, you know, what, DS9 did 176 or something? And so you build up this huge backlog and then the TV stations can buy it and can repeat it on a daily basis and can get nearly a year out of it just showing this one show. And because of that, they wanted every episode to be standalone so that if somebody catches it on a Tuesday, they don't need to watch it on Wednesday. And they don't, the other way around, they don't need to have seen it on Monday to understand it. And DS9 took some risks with that. And I think it it really paid off. I think the sort of the adverse effect of that is I think if we look at TV now, I think maybe we've gone too far the other way. Like everything seems to think that everything must be serialized and there isn't a lot of room for standalones. And I think Star Trek does benefit from those episodes. Like you, um, you, you have your TV shows like, I mean, Friends is, 
the biggest example because they literally called their episodes the one with or the one where yeah. so, so happens. But Star Trek used to be like that. You know, you've got like the one with the Tribbles, the one with the Horter, the one with the guy with black on one side, white on the other side. And you can't really do that with the modern shows. I mean, I love the modern shows as well, but... You know, for Star Trek Discovery, for example, I've been re-watching season two of that recently, and it's really difficult to go, oh, that's the one where this. Instead, you have to say, well, it's sort of in the middle of the control storyline-ish. Yeah. I I think it was... What was important for DS9 at that stage for me is that they'd had the original series, obviously, that was the original. They were kind of finding new ground next generation as well as telling new stories it could have some revisits on old adventures and kind of revisit civilizations you'd seen from the original series maybe do kind of updated versions on a story then when you got to ds9 in the first few series the mistake they kind of made was also redoing stories that you've just had from next generation which kind of parallel the original series and it just felt a little too much so the idea of serializing at that stage and having long-form stories was something really new that uh that star trek could do and i kind of take your point that in a world where everyone's doing that maybe star trek can find some other things to do which they do in some of the other series discovery is probably the most ongoing story one you know picard has some area for standalone stories and lower decks especially the animated star trek for anyone who hasn't seen it yet uh kind of has that area yeah it's interesting man. i think it's a really exciting time for star trek at the minute in that they've got it on this platform in america cbs all access which obviously we don't have here so we're kind of getting it a bit here and a bit there netflix prime somewhere in the ether which is where yeah, lower decks we should is definitely it. say that when we did watch lower decks we flew to america where the rights are available oh yeah um well Absolutely. i say we flew to america obviously quarantine not allowing so we kind of got a, an exclusive deal look we we watched legitimately all right and anyone who says different is lying that's all i'm saying Absolutely, we watched it. We, it's because, you know, we, we us being, you know, such big presences in the media, um, you know, we, we get sent these episodes to review, so of, of course we've seen it. We have to do. We, we, we have to do it as part of our job, you know, so terrible. Yep. But, yeah, it's, a, <clears throat> it's an exciting time because there is so much scope now to do all these different things, so... Obviously, they had to launch it with something, and Discovery was the first one, and they've gone the serialized route. And I do, I do really enjoy Discovery. Um, and then Picard is something a little bit different. It's focusing more on one specific character, and it's telling a different story. And Lower Decks is doing its own thing, and I'm really excited to see where they go. Like, there's this strange new worlds has been announced, and mo- most of the word on that seems to be that that's going to be more more in the style of the original series. So it's going to be more sort of bright colours and optimism and um, just adventure of the week. And it's going to be a bit more self-contained, one-off episodes. So that's exciting. But there's also talk of doing um, a mini-series about Khan when he's in exile on SETI Alpha 5 and literally just doing it as a mini-series, like six episodes, which is something star trek's never done before but the fact that they can do that i I do think's really exciting so i mean apart from it giving us plenty of things to talk about on the podcast it's it's just exciting as a 
adventure in entertainment at the moment. You know, shared universes are the big thing at the minute, you know, with the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all the other attempted cinematic universes that have had various degrees of disaster. But, you know, Marvel is still the benchmark for that. But, you know, Star Trek was doing that long before you had... Uh, DS9, TNG and Voyager all running more or less at the same time. I mean, you know, TNG finished, Voyager started, but there, there was still there was a, there were crossovers, not huge crossovers, but there were little crossovers. And so Star Trek is a prime candidate for this idea of a shared universe. And I love that they're exploring it at the moment. And I am curious to see where it all goes. I mean, it's worth saying as well, like, for instance, you were saying about the different models they can follow. Uh, and mm. they've got the kind of freedom to do that with Picard. I think the only reason why you get Patrick Stewart, as much as he kind of loves that character and has a lot of, um, you know, he definitely takes the legacy of that character very seriously. I think the fact that they said to him, look, we'll do a three-year three arc, which I think <clears throat> was expanded maybe from what it originally was. But, you know, three years, you'll do so many episodes per year. And probably that made it a lot more of an appealing thing for such a world-class actor as uh, Patrick Stewart to do because of that yeah I mean that's the other thing isn't it like the, there's no way Patrick Stewart would sign up to do 26 episodes per season for seven uh, years again yeah yeah exactly there's there's just no chance and in the old model of TV it would have been that or nothing and like you say, it gives them this opportunity to do these other things now. Uh, likewise, I read um, uh, Armin Shimmerman Quark on Twitter and someone asked him, you know, would you ever come back as to play Quark again? And he said, absolutely, but I wouldn't do seven days a week for seven years in that makeup again. So it does offer up all these opportunities for different things. And you look at other shows, like, I mean, I'm, I'm not, a fan of it myself but uh the walking dead that's doing there's like three different shows running and they're doing movies and i think you can do that with star trek so it's it's definitely interesting i know the recent shows have met with uh, a mixed reception in certain Wait, areas whoa, whoa, whoa. you're saying that some areas of sci-fi fandom can be a bit vile sometimes. I've never heard the like. Well, I never used the word vile, but I do think it applies. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, that was maybe a bit harsh, but yeah. No, I mean this whole. I mean that's something we we could you, we could do a whole show talking about True. toxic fandom and um, how it manifests and everything. But but yeah, there is this thing of people want this but then when you deliver this they don't want it and they want you to do something different but if you do something too different they don't like it and i think i, I mean i think criticism is great you know it, you know yourself you've done a doctor who podcast for several years yep. i do a star trek podcast we we are effectively television critics so you know we wouldn't be doing this if there wasn't a market for critical analysis and commentary. But I think there's a huge difference between that and just this hatred that you get where every single aspect of a show is attacked and this sort of personal thing that people take up against the creators, like you've ruined this, you've ruined that, 
you don't respect the story, you don't respect this, you don't... And I don't think that's very constructive at all. Um, I think if you can articulate an argument as to why you don't enjoy something, then that's absolutely fine. But there does just seem to be whatever comes out, whether it's Star Trek, Star Wars, Doctor Who, any of these big properties, as soon as something comes out, it seems like the first thing a certain area of the fan base wants to do is attack it, and often baselessly. And, you know, clearly for them, there's a market for that as well. You know, you get these YouTube channels that have millions of subscribers, and it is just people constantly having a go at something. But that's not my relationship with art. I don't, there's lots of art I don't like, but I don't want to make a podcast where I, I just attack something constantly because that's not fun also, I, we've I, got like you know so fresh so precious few moments on this planet there is so much media now why would you waste one second on art you don't like and that's no insult to the art from me it's just there is some art i like some art i don't like some things which are less to my taste you know the recent doctor who hasn't always been to my taste but i then don't talk about that i don't you know, I do still watch Doctor Who because I'm a glutton for punishment and I've watched it for a number of years. But uh, but even if I just found it really wasn't anything I wanted to watch, I don't have to talk about it then. Why would I bother? No, exactly. This is the thing. I mean, but the, there clearly is a, an audience for that. Um, but I, I don't think that's the audience that, that we're reaching. You know, I, I would like to think that the audience that listens to my podcast, to your work, are people who are genuine, genuinely interested in the things we're talking about and are interested in the the creative process and are interested in looking at how it all works and what's great about it, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying how, how, if, a, if the next week's episode of Discovery is terrible, you know, I will say that, but I will not be saying it in a way that, you know, so-and-so should be fired and so-and-so's ruined everything because the thing with anything like Star Trek is it's that huge. And, you know, going back to this idea of canon, that's something that everybody's always talking about. You know, Discovery ruins canon and, you know, it doesn't respect this and it doesn't respect that. When you're dealing with something with 700 episodes, 13 movies and all this, it it's almost impossible to get every single detail right. And if you do do that, you'd have to spend so much time doing it that you're not going to have time to tell a, tell a fun story. And plus, do you want your writers to be handcuffed by that? Like, do you want a writer to be handcuffed by all that mythology? Or do you want a good story that generally sticks to the vibe of the backstory? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, I mean, what I find amusing about all of it, and I have had discussions online with people about this, um, and apparently my, my my opinion is wrong, but anyway. Um, if you go back to the original series, which one of the things these people talk about is it's Gene's vision, they're ruining Gene's vision, as if the original series is this perfect thing that everything that is yeah. Star Trek was encapsulated in. But if you go back to it, they have about 10 different names before they settle on Starfleet. You know, you have the United Earth Space Command and you have the Space Task Force or what have you. And, you know, it wasn't the finished article. All these things were in were in a state of flux. 
And then it makes it quite ridiculous now to go back and go, well, they're not acknowledging something that happened in the original series. But, you know, it wasn't the finished article. The majority of what we take to be Star Trek canon was backstory that was established in The Next Generation. And even then it was in a state of flux. Yeah, even in the movies, you're still changing things. And uh, when it comes to, like, they couldn't even get um, James Kirk's middle name like consistent it was robert to begin with i believe on a tombstone you see uh, at one stage yeah it was r it may it may well have been robert but yeah i mean that was that was gene roddenberry and after they'd made the episode he said oh i forgot i i like to have tiberius be the middle name of my main characters so i'm going to change it you know yeah fair to him absolutely so and yeah. Just, to, just uh, sorry to quickly move you on. Just we are running out of time here. Oh. Like, I mean, I do find it insane that there is this whole area as well of Star Trek. It baked into the concept is acceptance for all and all different life forms, all different uh, ways of life. It seems insane to me that then people would uh, throw a hissy fit about non-binary can- characters, LGBTQ characters, uh, especially um, characters of different colors, given the original series which really had that baked in right from the beginning uh how do you i like i i ask as someone who struggles with this myself how do you square the circle of why people watch or into a show such as as star trek and don't like characters of diversity i can i mean it's something that i i have thought about a lot and i'm sure there's a really good um, you know, doctoral thesis to be written about this. Um, but you, you're absolutely right. I mean, someone who watches Star Trek but has a problem with diversity, I don't see how they've actually been watching Star Trek, or if they have, how they could possibly have been enjoying it. If that's your worldview, then everything that is presented to you in this thing must be anathema to how you perceive the world. I mean, one, one justification I did hear for it, and this is only an element of it, was someone online put up um, a big sort of statement on Facebook on their theory about how the Federation, or Starfleet more particularly, is um, military and that they are an aggressive military. And they cited number of episodes where they have a space battle and they're never actually... Uh, exploring like there's only so many episodes where they're on a diplomatic mission where there's this many episodes where they're doing something military related and they argued it very well they were completely wrong but they at least they took the time to argue it but you think if you've got to do that much work to justify how you can enjoy something it's probably not the show for you just Yep. You know, you'd be much happier watching something else. I'd, but to, yeah, to, I don't have an answer to your question. I I would love to, and if any universities out there are listening and they want to pay me lots of money to do a, a PhD on this, I would love to research it. I'd love to talk to people. I'd love to do interviews with Star Trek fans all over the world, different walks of life, different political backgrounds. just to see to answer that question what is it they get out of it and i think the answer would be as as mr spock would probably say fascinating but 
Yeah, it's very strange. I mean, Star Trek, I feel for me, has informed more of my moral centre, more of my ethical out, outlook on the world than any other external influence. And I'm nothing like the, these people. So, I, I, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get how they've... How you can watch that much of something that has such a strong positive message and that not rub off on you to some extent. Yep, it's mind-blowing. Uh, sir, we are running out of time. I would just like to quickly plug that... Uh, now, I'm going to do this very tactfully because obviously we're on a radio station, which is 24-7, so uh, as much as I don't want to detract from the listenership of the bear, we do happen to do a live stream on a Monday, which gets podcast later, so you can always watch the stream back later on the Retrek uh, Facebook page. You yep. can join us at the Retrek podcast on your favorite podcatcher, or you can follow us at Retrek pod on G... Uh, at Retrek pod on Twitter and retrekpod at gmail.com. Have I got all those links correct, sir? You have indeed, yeah. So, you know, I, I and sometimes Nicola uh, are joining in for the talk of all the Discovery episodes at the moment, so if you're watching that on Netflix, you can uh, catch up on, on the goings-on and uh, our humble opinions on them every Monday at the moment, or, as I say, listen back to us on podcast film. Now, yeah. uh, before we let you go, James, we do have the big question of the week here mm. on the Dr. Squee Show. And this week, we're looking at coincidences. So have you got, like, a big coincidence from your life you can share with us? Mm, well, you see, I was thinking again, and I really wish I had one of these amazing stories to tell about how everything perfectly stacked up. But the only one I can really think of is I was coming back from work one day, and I was on a bus, and uh, this guy sat down next to me, and I think he must have been a student who'd just been to like an open day because I think he must have been an art student. So he had this massive, great, big uh, like folder thing that I assume had his portfolio in it. And he'd written his name on the portfolio in Tipex and his name was James King. And Ooh. it's like, I know King's a fairly common surname and James is a, a fairly common first name, but to have two people with the exact same name sat next to each other on a bus... Uh, that was really weird, but so I'll take that. You you had no reason that you would have necessarily got his name. That's a good one. Yeah. Now, finally, before we let you go, though, uh, what bit of music would you like us to play for you to get us out of the interview? Oh, I have no idea. Something something jaunty. Okay, look, we're gonna play what you messaged to me later because it's a pre-recorded interview for everyone, anyone just joining us and we're going to hear James' selection right now and I would apologise for Benny Barkey in the background through half this interview <laughs> so thank you very much for joining us tonight James here's over to your tune I'd like to thank James King from the Retrek podcast for joining us there I love to talk Star Trek uh, one of my favourite shows between that and Doctor Who it's just my comfort food Doctor Who which by the way earlier this week turned 57 years old and it's still going out there on the air isn't that amazing i know it took a little bit of a break uh, around the late 80s into the early 2000s but uh, just still an amazing feat but speaking of which we're gonna have to do one week where we just talk about like classic tv i think that would be a lot of fun to do you can of course check out the retrack podcast wherever you get your podcasts it's a fantastic show and i'm not just saying that because i'm sometimes on it but that helps 
After that, we heard The Black Parade by uh, by My Chemical Romance, or Welcome to the Black Parade, which was Kingy's Choice. And then that was Heads Explode by Monster Magnet, and that was chosen by our very own gem from the Talking Cods Wallet podcast, which is coming up after this show. Now, I went to see Monster Magnet with Jem uh, a few years back. Like, I've seen them a couple of times live. They're absolutely amazing. And we had a great time. And she's also written in with her tale of coincidence. So what she's put is that uh, she used to work in a hotel. And there was someone she was working with. And she knew from day one, she knew they knew each other from somewhere. Turned out they'd been on the train next to each other together. And uh, she'd come over to her because there was a creepy guy who was sitting next to her. And they wanted to avoid him. And, like, from that brief encounter came a lifelong friendship. Isn't that just an amazing tale? You see, this is a wonderful, beautiful thing about coincidences. You never know what's going to happen in life. And speaking of things where, you know, you never know what's going to happen in life, of course, in America, there's just been an election. And, like, look, this is not going to get political. I want to actually sow some kind of unity out of the division which has happened to America recently. And it's just come to my mind that uh, poor, outgoing President Donald J. Trump... He asked for a recount. He tried to get the election overturned in his favour and he was unsuccessful. So I want to dedicate a song to him. You know, just just again, something like me as a liberal to, to reach out to my friends on the right. So going out now to present, President, outgoing President Donald J. Trump is Georgia On My Mind by Ray Charles. Now, uh, we got a message from Jem, and she said that uh, it's not many shows where you get My Chemical Romance, followed by Monster Magnet, and then finishing with George on my mind. But that, that's how we roll here on the Dr. Squeeze show. Guys, we're pretty much there for another Dr. Squeeze show. Can you believe that the second one's already rolling past? I was hoping... Roland? Roland's not a word. But anyway, we will not worry about that right now. We've almost run out of showtime. I can't believe this. Being new to this DJ luck, I was worried that I'd kind of run out of music or stuff to say and everything, but it turns out two hours just fly by, flies by, especially in your good company. I'd like to thank everyone for their suggestions, for their uh, big coincidences, for the big question of the week. We will sort out a jingle for that at some point. I'd like to thank my guest this week, Mr. Matt Lees from the Matt Lees Band and his wonderful toy drive that he's sewing out now, which you can write to him about and donate a toy, please do. It's Matt's Toy Room on uh, ebay and of course james king from the retrek podcast uh, both two lovely gents and two lovely chats thank you for spending some time with me and please everyone remember in a world where you can be anything be kind i've been dr squee and that was my show i'm not trying to win i'm not doing this because i want to beat someone because i hate someone or because because i want to blame someone it's not because it's fun God knows it's not because it's easy. It's not even because it works, because it hardly ever does. I do what I do because it's right. Because it's decent. And above all, it's kind. It's just that. Just kind. Hey, you know, maybe there's no point in any of this at all, but it's the best I can do. Why not? Just at the end. Just be kind.
We'll see you next week.